Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Morning, morning. I today want to just kind of do a little recap of where we've been the last eight days for 21 days of prayer, and some of you haven't got to be a part of it for schedule, or maybe it's your first time here and you didn't even know 21 days of prayer is going on, so do just a brief overview that can help us take another pass in the spirit of repetition, because sometimes when you hear stuff so much, you don't understand the power in it, but other times when you don't hear it enough, the power doesn't get in you. So there's power in repetition and the right repetition. So we want to take reps and do that correctly. And as we start, there's a few cool moments that I've had this week. Individual in his 60s walks up to me at early morning prayer at 7 a.m. Said, I haven't felt this feeling in two decades where I was excited to wake up to be a part of something that I long to see in Jesus. And what he was saying was like a child, he's coming alive and he wants to pray and he was excited to be connected to the community, you, us. Now that isn't to belittle anything else that's happening. I think God is, not I think, God is moving in so many ways across the world, but each one of us are a part of that story and when we unlock our lives, it opens up connections with people like him. Or this week, also bringing our kids to early morning prayer, which is not glamorous by any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking alarm, snooze, snooze, snooze. Get up. If you don't get up, come on. Your mom said, Crystal texts me, go upstairs. They're not getting up. Like, look, this is the last time I'm going to tell you, you know. But then when they came to prayer, talking to them and saying, hey, how do you pray? I don't know. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the way home. Because I don't want you to talk to Jesus how I talk to Jesus. I want you to get some reps so you can talk to Jesus in your life, at your stage, and at your age. And I think one of the things we have to do when it comes to prayer is we need to hit the reset button on what we've seen someone else do or how they talked. And we need to recognize, first and foremost, that prayer means that when I'm in Jesus, I got communion with him. I'm oneness. And when I'm in Jesus, I can communicate. And he wants me to communicate how I communicate to my father. And I have community because it's our. So there's oneness. There's connection like a dad. I can say, hi, dad. And then there's also a connection with our brothers and sisters. So how do we do that? How do you find your own prayer voice, if you will? Reps. Stumble, fumble. I think God hears prayers that aren't polished more than he ever could us reciting in a way that could feel like a Bach composition. So I pray that you would feel the invitation from your father that God wants to talk to you about everything. And at the end, there will be an invitation for us to worship And whatever battle we're carrying, that the song we started with would be the song we end with where the battle belongs to God. 
So if you're here today and there's a battle you can't face, by us worshiping, we're saying, God, we give this battle to you. And I pray there would be almost a sense of that we're in this together where you would see brothers and sisters maybe coming up front or in the crowd and maybe lay a hand on their shoulder as a way to saying, yes, the battle belongs to God, but we're in this battle together. So whatever battle you're facing, I pray that you will leave it at the altar today and you'll probably have to leave it at the altar again tonight and tomorrow and all the time. See, following Jesus isn't something that we can just fix quick. It's a life. It's a rhythm. It's daily bread. There was a preacher who said, what would he tell his 30-year-old self as he was in legacy season approaching, I believe when he was approaching his uh, 60, 30 years in ministry and they interviewed him and they asked him, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? He goes, I would tell myself it's going to be okay. And last week we made a statement where we said, we're going to be still and we're going to wait. And today, it's okay. Pray. To hear in the depths of your soul that God can tell you it's going to be okay. And though it might not feel okay, and there could be a storm around the corner, you might be in one today, that through prayer, you're never going to be alone. And to be vulnerable also with each other and pray together. So we don't panic. God is on time all the time. I don't try to get into, I text a, a, a friend back this week, and I said, so not to get into wonky land. He texts back and he laughed. He goes, wonky land, LOL. And I was referring to the Holy Spirit sometimes can get wonky land. But the other side of the pendulum extreme would be that the Holy Spirit isn't active and moving. The Holy Spirit is on time always and in tune in ways that is so powerful. But it always, through Scripture, never contradicts God's Word. But to give you an example of how prayer could flesh out in the most layman's of ways, I'm sitting in the barber chair and the barber and I are talking, who's became a brother, which is neat, and we're just chopping up about life and what he's facing and what we're facing. Because what a great opportunity. We're there for a period of time together. You build relationship. And he was talking about his family. And I said, hey, you know the rule of space, right? He goes, uh, no, what? I go, yeah, they say, don't panic. Ten seconds later, door opens. Landlord walks in and says, hey, water's coming through next door. It'll probably be coming through your bathroom. He whispers in my ear, don't panic, huh? Now, maybe coincidence, you know, maybe that the Holy Spirit isn't always in tune. And then I, uh, we leave 7 a.m. prayer. I get, go out of my office, and I, uh, I get, a, I get a, a thank you card from Pastor Trice, who is entering a new season. Pastor Trice, if you know him, Tabernacle of David, wrote a handwritten thank you card just for me showing up at his legacy party. And didn't have to send me a thank you card, but I was reading it thinking, whoa, I can read his penmanship. I can't always read mine. I, he's genuinely saying words that are to me and through our relationship. And I was touched by that. And I put that card on my shelf where some other thank you cards have went just to remind me the power of slowing down, handwritten, you know, everything's going fast. And so I still hold on true to there's, there's power in writing and, and something tangible. I walk out of the door 
and there's Devin, one of our ministers in training who helps dominate uh, Love the City, who you've seen up here, great teacher, you've seen teach uh, for prayer and everything, and he goes, hey, should I give so-and-so a thank you card? I go, I don't know, what do you think? He goes, yeah, I think I should. And I go, but here's the I, ironic timing to this. I just walked out of my office thinking, the power of a thank you card cut through the noise, and here you are right out asking me about a thank you card. I say that not in to get into wonky land, but is it possible by being still, waiting, praying, that it, it is all in tune all the time? It's not that God's not speaking, it's just, are we listening? If, we're, if we are really willing to listen, he won't leave us alone. And again, it's always in line with his word. Going to the Lord's Prayer, brief recap of what we've been in the last few days. Out of Matthew 6, verse 5, it says, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. If the, if the reward today is to be on stage, I lost. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father, who's good, who's in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. For you, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then Jesus when Jesus speaks, words in red, whoa, attention. And he says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm exchanging wills in this. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And translations have this added for emphasis, so I included it. It's not in the ESV, but this is the, the way we recite it in our house. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Or you might be familiar with King James. Thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Now, I, I, I believe through study and observation and marinating on this, I, I need some layman stuff, y'all. I mean, can, God, is there a one, two, three of how to get this done? Now, in any moment, I need those on-time words. Don't panic. I need as silly as, here's a thank you card, and then can say, yeah, there's a power in a thank you card. God cares about the smallest of details, but when it comes to the grand scheme of life, is there a formula that is basic yet profound. I think if Jesus said to us, this is how you pray, I'm okay that it's basic yet profound. Meaning I can recite word for word and it's epic. And then I can freestyle and flow from there with the spirit as God's leading and with the people I'm with as a model, a type, or a template. So one, this is a prayer we can recite. Secondly, it's also a model or a template or a type. 
that we can use, and we'll walk through that. So first, to recite it, we're going to do this together. So we're going to pray with our own voice out loud, and we're going to read word for word what's on the screen, and I'll try to go at a pace that we could all follow along. And I'll pick it up right from our Father. We begin. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This can be a prayer you recite at home. Print it out, put it on the fridge. Each one in our family, we take a day and we lead this. One, as a skill, you're leading. Let us hear you over the rest of the family. Two, get comfortable with hearing your own voice. Pray out loud. God loves to hear your voice, but he can also, silent prayers are powerful too. Being still, powerful. But he gave us a voice and he wants to talk. And we get in tune and we pray this and we recite it. It's powerful. Just through the repetition of recital, word for word, as is. Then there's also a flow where if you notice and you marinate on this prayer, everything we need is there for a day. Relationship, awe and wonder of God, my inward needs, the need for grace to meet me, I need to be forgiven, the, the battle that's out there in the world, there's temptations and evil, and we want God to be present everywhere we go, heaven to come. It's all there in a day. Because following Jesus, it's nothing we complete. It's fun. It's free. It's light. It's rhythmic. So now as we pray again, just go through what maybe what a flow could look like, unrehearsed, thinking in my mind, this might have happened alone, thinking, our Father, God, I thank you that you're my dad in heaven. Whoa, I can't believe my dad's above everything. Hallowed be your name. God, you are Jaira, provider, your healer, your comforter. Your name is grace and mercy. I thank you that I need more of that today. I thank you that it's 1043 right now and you love me and your name is precise and you are love. God, your kingdom come. You're above every nation. Your kingdom is perfect, full of justice and mercy, power and peace. Your will be done. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. On earth, God, in my car, a 2005 Camry, wherever I'm parked at. God, wherever I'm at, God, in Lansing, in the 517, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I'm a little hungry. What am I going to eat? Should I eat? God, actually, I don't know if I'm trusting you as my supplier today. I pray that you'll meet me there. And God, forgive me of the debts that I have against you and others. Things that I've wronged or I said, and that conversation didn't go as I wanted. Mm. Have mercy. And then, God, those that have hurt me or wronged me, we forgive them. And then, God, as I go out today, I pray that you'll lead me in such a way that I wouldn't experience temptation. You know the, the battles that await and the snares the enemy si tries to set. 
God, will you go before me and lead me and govern my heart when my flesh screams in another direction? As I go to work and working out and with home with the kids, as there's evil trying to make war against your people and all people, God, I know that you're fighting the battles I can't. Have your way. Because you are amazing forever. Amen. Now, there's moments when we pray that one thing can stand out. Sometimes when I hear the kids say, our father, that's what I just hold on to. So I'm hoping today that we get the connection of how simple it can be. Not many words, but maybe a word. Repetition. My prayers um, maybe aren't robust, but sometimes they, they get as far as Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Or if you hear me in worship, sometimes I'll just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So I think if I get one prayer, I'm cool with that one. What is it for you? I don't know. It might could be Jesus. You could take on that one. And it could be Father, Heaven, Heaven, or it could be nothing, silence, Abba. You start to realize there's this sink that you can be in. And in this prayer, we have the, the example. Okay, we enter it as a father. So if you're looking for a four-step guide of, of something that could be helpful if you want to take your prayer life to more structure in the weeks ahead, you enter through relationship. And you're looking up and worshiping a God that is all-powerful. That this God, God that is all-powerful wants to be personal and be in us and do transformative work in the depths of our being. That the inside self of us is greater than anything we can put on the outside. And then we go out from that place that I'm loved to love. Amen? All right, cool. Well, that's where we got this last week in prayer. It was a fun week. And we got as far as God is God. And this week, we'll be taking a pass of God and me. And through seven days, we know that seven days, we won't be able to cover all the ground, but we're praying that this week, there would be massive confession to God and each other. Healing, a traumatic, maybe generational pain that we would bring to the, to the surface and let people know they're not alone. There would be moments when we can't, but God can, and there's another brother or sister there just putting a hand on a shoulder that we would do the soul work. And we're praying this week that it's God in me more than ever. Meaning I gotta shut some things off to let God have all of me, in me. And in me, we taught this morning where give us this day going through the Lord's Prayer and then getting to verse 11 where it starts to become inward, enter up in. Give us this day our daily bread. This is all of the wants and desires we have. We have a cool God who is the bread of life. You have bread tied to the manna. A uh, great brother in the Lord came up to me today. He goes, okay, daily bread. I go, yeah? Bread, what's bread? Manna. Okay, what's manna? What is it? Okay. So anytime daily bread, we're asking God, what is it that I need today? They didn't know what manna was at first. We know that God is the bread of life. And as we're asking for God, give us this day our daily bread, we're asking God, what is it today that I need? And I know it, it, the provision comes from you alone. And may I not think that I can store enough because I need you to provide all needs. And we have a God who cares. You can, you can say God, you can ask big and ask specific. But it doesn't mean he's going to give you to it. 
give you it because he's a good dad. But some of us, you know why we gave up? We didn't get what we wanted, but he gave us something better. I'm grateful God has not answered all my prayers. Some of my prayers were very carnal. I've, over the years, I've used a silly ex- example. You know, I, I prayed when I first got saved, God, uh, will my ex-girlfriend, pray my ex-girlfriend uh, becomes my wife. I love her. Make her my wife. God, please, please help. Please help. I, I was all journal for the first year. And when you get your heart broke, you just, that's all you can think about, right? And I broke hearts too, so there's no, no shame. I mean, no judgment here. So, but I, I was just on the other end of the, the wishbone. <laughs> and, and then I'm so grateful God didn't answer that prayer. God gives us the desires of our heart. Wonky land, that's not the full verse. It says those that delight in him, in his word. God gives us the desires of our heart because he's greater than our desires. Our hearts can be twisted and wrong sometimes. Yo, I heard from the Lord. Word. Flesh that out through community and people. Word. We cool? All right, we have a good dad that cares deeply about us and he wants to do the inside work. So as we do the inside work, let's go to Matthew 6, 12. The second half of that, we taught on give us this day our daily bread this morning. You can go back, revisit that later. And this is where we'll end for today. Um, is a tough one and we won't take a full pass on it. But just to continue to inch along through the Lord's prayer is, and forgive us of our, uh, forgive us our debts. There's a wage we can't pay. Sin is a debt that we have against the Lord to use that language. It might not be something that you're, you think debt, you think collector, but it is similar too. You owe Chase One, you owe or Capital One, you owe Chase, you owe MSU, you owe uh, the note, right? We owe, sin is a debt we cannot pay. That's against God that only Jesus could step in. And it's key before we even inch along to try to pray to forgive others, we remember that we have been forgiven (laughs) and we pray for it. One of the thoughts could be, well, do we lose our salvation? No, it's just just remembering though that when we have to be clothed with the Lord and remembering he forgave us, but we still want to be more like him and through relationship, we're saying, God, that wasn't like you. Forgive me. To be humble. Humble is something that we posture ourselves. Humiliation is something that God has to do to get your attention. I humble myself daily. And when I don't, I eat different fruit. Because God loves me. He'll get my attention. And in this inside work that's happening, it's reminding me, ooh, As I pray this, God, forgive me. Whoa. Then, as I have also, notice this prayer, it assumes that we would forgive. This is where it gets really hard. As I have, as also, or as we also have forgiven our debtors. The message puts it this way. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Think of praying it like that. God, keep me in forgiveness with you. 
and forgiving others. Now, you might already be screaming inside because you don't want to forgive or forget because of what's happened. A couple things that forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness is not necessarily forgetting. Forgiveness is not admitting there's not fault. Forgiveness is not releasing somebody off the hook of the injustice that took place. But forgiveness, and I believe in our culture more than ever, as we do this inside work, what is the biggest countercultural statement to, to cancel cultural in the world when it comes to following Jesus? If it's not forgiveness, I don't know what is. If it's not grace, I don't know what is. And part of prayer, get this, part of prayer is to receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. And what's crazy about the Lord's Prayer, you know, for yours is the kingdom, it ends there, amen? But the next two verses in Matthew 6, it's as if God said, I know something's gonna be really hard. I wanna remind you of how important it is. So I'm gonna put it in. Look at verse 14 and 15. It says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, looping back around, and then the chapter later reminds us that he takes care of the lilies, he takes care of the birds, he'll take care of you, we all got worries. We all got cares. Keep it in a daily thing. Don't focus on money. Keep it simple. Focus on people. Use resources accordingly. Puts everything in proper order. Seek ye the kingdom first. But before we get there, it's another dose and reminder, a repetition. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And maybe a helpful example is when we sin, we play lawyer. God, you know my heart, see, we create a case. But what I was really thinking, and, but then when somebody else sins, because it wasn't our flavor of sin, we play judge. How dare they cancel them? Forgiveness does not mean that we don't exercise boundaries. Forgiveness does not mean that we don't need deep soul work for the traumas that we've faced. And next month, we will spend time in the following month. The next two months, we're going to spend time on deeper soul work to be emotionally healthy. But let's heed to the Lord's advice through prayer that one of the ways we do that right out the jump, is forgiveness. Maybe you've heard the forgiveness is, unforgiveness is drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Forgiveness, though, is releasing the pain that you're carrying for, it's, it's as if they gave you the pain twice. Give it to the Lord and let, let the Lord move on. So I pray that we would be a people of forgiveness, friends. Worship team, I want to call you guys to the front. There's, um, and I'm not going to, I'll just paraphrase the story, but there's the servant of the unforgiving servant and goes to the, the king, the master, and says, uh, yeah, I'll just, 
kind of go through it. It's in Matthew 18. And Peter came up and said, Lord, how often should, will we, my brother sin against me and if, I, and if I forgive him? As many, seven times. And Jesus goes next level. He's, hey, we're, if you're going to follow me, you're going to forgive all the time. Like all the time. Turn the other cheek. And Jesus, maybe the same one we're saying, Father, heal me. Remember how our Father acts. He's on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Sometimes people are so blinded, they don't even realize what they hurt us with. But it doesn't mean we have to leave this place carrying it anymore. And maybe we could say, oh, I forgive that person in my soul, even though I've deleted their number and I want it blocked forever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Come on, right? Sometimes there's chemistry, there's fit, there's timing, there's, you know, each one of us are growing, but we forgive and we make that commitment as a people today to say, oh, the forgiveness battle belongs to you, God. I don't possess that type of forgiveness. You got pet peeves? I got a whole bunch of things I'm against. If you get Jerome in his flesh, but you get me in Jesus at his feet, and I just think, oh, I'm for you, God, and I'm for people. And how can I make the main thing the main thing? And pick and choose my battles accordingly. And do the soul work when no one's looking in the prayer closet to keep my heart soft and my feet calloused so I can run. It is never easy. So city life, we're not going to sell you this. It'll be instant that you'll feel all, no, who knows? It could be a lifetime. But as we pray with the Lord, we're always exchanging this unforgiveness, this bitterness, asking God to do deep work, remembering though, the only way we would ever forgive is because we've been forgiven. I have been forgiven, therefore I forgive. I have been forgiven, therefore I forgive. And if I haven't accepted Jesus, I am not forgiven of my sin. My debt is something I can't pay. Grace of Jesus entered in. When I say, take my life, make me brand new, no longer I who lives, but Christ in me, that I have been forgiven, and therefore I forgive. What a day to kick off week two for prayer, that God in me is the theme this week. That the timing of it is forgiveness. We need to be forgiven against a holy, perfect God, and he loves us enough to bring restoration. And then he wants to bring restoration to our spheres. And sometimes you can feel, when you know when you forgive, it feels like you let them get one up on you again. There's an old rap song where he, this one rapper, I, won't, I don't want you to look it up because definitely not profitable for your soul. But to paraphrase his lyrics, he's like getting arrested, or I mean getting um, robbed. He gets tied up and he's basically telling these people, hey, you can take my, he's saying you can take his life, but, but God will get you. And I remember, even before I knew the Lord, I thought, that's very powerful if you believe in God. 
Because when you let the battle belong to God, you're not just, you're not saying you're a wimp. No, stand up for yourself. That's another sermon for another day. Come on, spirit of justice needs to be the church. It needs to flow through. I, I believe that. But forgiveness is also present where justice is as well. And to be a people that carry the presence of God, we're people that forgive because we've been forgiven. So in some ways, if the person gets you, but you give it back to God, you're ultimately letting the vengeance be his. Pending it's even a right wrong. Can we be humble enough to say that some of our hurts could be a misunderstanding that we just don't understand? You ever ask somebody what they meant and they didn't mean it? You ever projected your own trauma on somebody else and that's not what they were saying? Guilty? And I thank God for pastors and people in my life that I sent a text screenshot a few years ago to a mentor. I go, what do you think they're meaning by this? Mentor sends back, I don't think they're meaning anything. I go, yeah, but don't you think there's an angle? He goes, ah, face value. I, I think they just want your advice in this area. I go, okay. I call them. I go, yeah, I was just asking for your advice in that area. Because the things that had happened to me was carrying over into that moment and through wisdom and counsel and God and being aware of what's going on, on the inside, trying to keep the heart soft. And this isn't easy work, friends, but it's worth it. It's just worth it. So we'll, we'll end with this, that the battle belongs to God. I don't know what battles you're carrying. I don't, maybe there's unforgiveness in this room. Maybe there's people that haven't come home to Jesus. I pray that you would make that real. It, it's personal. You don't, you don't necessarily need someone to lead you in one particular way other than God, just take my life. And if you really want all of them, there's a bunch of people here that help you. Our statement by coming to church today is say, we can't do this alone. <laughs> Every person here voted saying, uh, I don't want to do life alone. So kudos to you all. And we'll sing. And I pray that if there's something you're carrying or maybe even somebody else, got to talk to a dream team member back and they said their grandparent is in the last stage of their life and we just got to pray for a moment. You never know what somebody's carrying. So maybe just by coming up front, it could be your grandparent that's carrying something. And if you want to lay a hand on somebody, you can pray for them. If the Holy Spirit gives you a word like don't panic or write a thank you card, then, then say it. But otherwise, maybe just a hand is more than enough. And maybe you can't come up front or you don't want to. You could raise your hand and someone will find you. Just look around. Or maybe you just close your eyes and let the song minister to you. But ultimately, as we close, we say, God, you see all of our battles. You know them all. We don't want to carry them. We give them to you. God, take these battles. Take unforgiveness. Take needs. Take want. Take trauma. Take death. Bring life. Take all the things that the enemy means for evil. God, we give them to you. The battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. I see is a battle You see my victory All I see is a mountain You see a mountain And 
as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Hey, every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing. Hey, 
back in that hook one more time. It's one of the most powerful hook, hooks I've heard in a long time. So when I fight, when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I sink through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every Lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. God, I thank you for this time we've had today to learn from the great teacher, our great rabbi, Jesus. God, we thank you that you taught us, pray like this, simple yet profound, basic but never-ending. God, I pray for every person here that even today there would be a shift, there would be a change that our soul would be driving, our flesh would take the back seat, that our desires and our thirst would change and we would crave spiritual milk to grow up and crave spiritual meat and to be people that are mature and rooted. And God, as we continue to consecrate our lives at the beginning of this year, we don't know what lies ahead. We don't even know what tomorrow will bring. But we know the one who's with us, you, God. So I pray a peace, a healing, fresh insight, new perspective for everyone in this room and all they have their hands to and their areas of influence in their family right now by the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we would leave this place healthier and more open, unashamed with you, God. In Jesus' name. All of God's people said, amen. If God's been good to you in this service, just a clap. I know when LeBron had the, the, the rundown block in the finals after, and Kyrie hit the three, I was going absolutely berserk and cheering. So I think it's cool just to have a clap, to say, hey, God, we love you. Today has been beautiful. As they said, those shirts are out there. You don't have to pay anything. But if you have three bucks, I think they said they're just trying to clear out inventory. But don't let us leave with one of those pieces today. Grab one, grab something, rock the movement. We'll hope to see you at 7 a.m. for worship in the multi-purpose room or online. 
that will be there that you could have in the background while you get ready or you're driving, and that link will be available for 24 hours. Next weekend, we're going to continue this series, Pray, 10 a.m. and 11.30, all races, all faces, all ages. You belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until Jesus Christ comes back and he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all.